Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. This week we have Jake back with us. We're gonna be talking the regular news, finally get to those dirty diesel handles, talk some Momo, some top 10 lists, and some more stuff as well. Hope you enjoy the show. All right, welcome back guys. It's so good to have you here on Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. Welcome to episode, uh, whatever episode this is, four, I think. I think we're on four, on and four. I, yeah, I'm excited to be back. All right. What are we, what are you, uh, what's, what's been going on with you? Do you anything car related this week? Um, I'm trying to think about that. Not anything too crazy. Um, diagnosing a few maintenance items I need to do with the truck, but that's not exciting to talk about. Well, it's it's part of the deal, right? Maintenance is is part of the part of the deal. It is, yeah. Especially when you feel like you should wrench on it yourself, which is a curse and a blessing. You know, there's the I don't do super simple maintenance as much anymore. Really? Like I don't like I had somebody change the oil on my Tahoe the other day. I just I don't want to lay out. I've got a little incline on the driveway. I don't feel like laying in the cold. Yeah. And I did all that when I was younger, but I feel like I've already earned that patch that I don't necessarily need to. I know there's like the ritual of the oil change, right? You like the whole ritual of the thing, but I have just, a heated garage, so I don't, I don't have much yeah. of an excuse. My garage is not full to of crap. So and, and a 911 on jack stands, so I can't exactly pull the pull the Tahoe in anyway. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, mine used to be a 911 under a car cover without an engine for a while as well. As yeah, our yeah, listeners and all. It does, yeah. Another part of the news, we've got a new uh, new podcast room. We have, I rented out an office, so we could not be in my house anymore, which is nice. It is very nice. Yeah, yeah. So we got a little bit of work to do acoustically and some things I want to do, but uh, yeah, it's it's coming along. Yeah, it's I a better I, atmosphere. I can feel it, the energy, Chris. It is. You can't hear my kids. That's probably what it is. <laughs> so uh, I was also going to ask you, did you get a Lotus yet? I'm gonna. That's basically going to be my question of the week for you. Every no, I, li- I like that. I have not yet. Have you looked at anything? Um, I looked at... A few before the winter, so nothing in the last week. Okay. Um, I'm my plan is basically to wait until spring to really start looking. Okay. Aggressively, um, doing boring things like putting in hardwood floors in our house this winter. So. Okay. Yeah, that sucks. That's that's definitely something I would pay somebody else to do. Yeah, really, I'm. You have a big house. That's going to be I really time consuming. Yeah, I'm. I'm at least going to rip stuff out because I like I like demolishing things. Demolishing things is easy. I remember when I was a kid, my grandpa bought a brand new computer. It was like a 386. So this must have been like 1995. And you demolished it? I took it all apart and I had all the parts laid all over the floor. <laughs> it must have cost like $4,000 in like 1994 or something. And I just had all the parts. He came in and he wasn't mad. He's like, well, I hope you can put it back together. Did you? Yes. Yeah, well, I good. I was able to get it back together. Things were pretty simple back then. True. Yeah, I like to pride myself in thinking there's very little things that I cannot put back together once I take apart. Before I get too much farther, I want to talk about one of our sponsors, Further Performance. They're a Minneapolis-based automotive repair, restoration, and performance shop. They specialize in European cars and are experienced in all aspects of headlight to tailpipe repair. Find Further Performance on Facebook at fptuned.com, F-P-T-U-N-E-D.com, and their Instagram is fptuned, fptuned. So when I was going through photos to post up uh, on, on just on Facebook and stuff like that, I found the picture of my right-hand drive E30. That's right. I remember this. Yeah, and uh, and it reminded me of how E30 wagon it was. It was a Touring, and it was I think it was like a three speed. I think it was a three twenty i. It was like so I was slow. Say three speed. I don't I don't know about that. Well, it didn't have any speed. We'll call it zero speed. <laughs> but it was a three twenty i, and it had uh, it had uh, three speeds, and it was an automatic. Okay. And, yeah, and it was, uh, but it was right hand drive, and it was terrible to deal with. So, how did you come across this? How do you have a right hand drive? 
So I was trying to sell a 1995 Mark III Golf that was just great in really nice condition. Was that the white one? Yeah. Yep. Okay. It was a white car. And, uh, it was and an shout out it was to a, our sponsors. You had 1552 wheels on there. I did. I did have 1552 yeah, wheels that. on that thing. Lowered it. It looked awesome. And uh, But there was a kid who came to me, and it was clean. And I just done it. Mm-hmm. I bought it, and it had been damaged in the front end. So I put a Jetta front end on it. It looked okay. cool. It was a K2, so it had heated seats. Oh, and nice. I had the roof rack with it. And uh, so it was a neat little car, and it yeah, I must not have been clean. from Minnesota. I don't know where it was from. It didn't have the rod. But it had an automatic transmission when I bought it. That's what it was. So I had to swap to a five-speed. Oh, you did the so swap. I did the swap. Okay. So I got it for like four or $500 with a bad transmission, and mm-hmm. it had been hit in the front. So okay. it was in that condition. It was not worth anything. And is it the two-liter ABA? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And I actually drove it with that bad transmission for a while. It was like... Just slip, slip. It would yeah. slip. No, it would shift at like 5,000 RPMs every time. Oh. Oh, it was just... So it was the performance mod. Oh, yeah. It was awful. <laughs> anyway, so I got that thing going, did the transmission swap. And then a, uh, a guy I know came to me and was like, do you want to trade for my for my wagon? And I'm okay. like, yes. Maybe. It just seemed like kind of, yeah, it seemed kind of like a ridiculous thing. So I couldn't get the title out of my pocket fast enough to do this trade. <laughs> I mean, it's an E30 wagon. Like, who has not right. wanted one of those? I mean, yeah, I'm sure he. That was a good trade on your part. It was. It was. Yeah, I actually. I'm just I thinking ended up about what the blue book actually wanted, would have been. He wanted a spot at a year work show too. So I'm like, yeah, you can have a spot at the year work show. Okay. It's worth this much money, and then well, I'll just trade you the car. Sure. So that didn't cost me anything really, and he wouldn't have been a sponsor of the show anyways. So I just I gave him the spot at the show, and then gave him the car, and then he gave me the wagon. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it worked out. Great. And I do remember you You put a decent amount of work into this E30 as well. Um, or is that not true? Uh, well, I did some, I reupholstered the seats were all torn up. Okay. And this thing was a little bit rusty. I mean, it wasn't the nicest E30 Turing around. What, I'm still curious about how he got a right-hand drive. Was this he imported got it from, a, it from Europe? It was imported into Florida from Europe, and then a guy here bought it, and then another guy bought it, and then this guy bought it, okay. and then I bought it. So it's definitely the town bike. And I think it's for sale again now. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Has it stayed local other than coming in through it's in Florida? Man, it's in Mankato now. Okay. So it's, you know, it's about an hour and a half away from here or whatever. Right. Um, but I lowered the thing and I put my 1552 wheels on that, which again looked awesome. Yeah. You know, I really love love that, love the look of, of those wheels with, the, with that car. It's kind of like this basket weave, you know, style with like almost like a little snowflake thing mixed in. Yep. Looked, I'm trying to think of the name or the model I don't of remember. that wheel. I don't remember. But regardless, yeah, my I, brain I did like those. Way. So, but anyway, so I, I remember the time that I'm like, I got to get rid of this thing is I was okay. driving and I, and I didn't have cup holders. So I had a Red Bull shoved in the door pocket. <laughs> so I'm, and I was making in like a hundred yards, I was going to make a right turn. Okay. So I, I look over and I reach down and I, and I grab this Red Bull and I look up and I just drove into a curb. I just, how did that happen? Because it like, you have to keep in mind that when you're driving and you're on the wrong side of the car, yep. you're your subconscious um, sense of where you are on the road is right. off okay. by like, cause you hit, when you're driving, you obviously are not in the center of the vehicle unless you're in a McLaren yep. F1. Yeah. So you kind of do have this subconscious perception of where you belong in the lane. You're actually right. so you're offset like four to feet. the left. Exactly. So okay. I just kind of drifted into the curb. I guess my subconscious thought. Yeah. And, based on your driving position, you need to be over here. Yeah. Kudos to the wheels. There was no damage like somehow. Like, oh, was, well, that's was, nice. It was great. So I was like, you know what? This sucks. So that was the last straw. That was the last straw. Before that, it was like I went through to get tacos at Taco Bell, and it was like, no, there was nothing. I had to reach. Yeah, I suppose the drive-thru. That drive-thru would have been sucks. interesting. And then I went to the post office once, and I want to drop something off, and that sucked. <laughs> and everyone thought you were the mail carrier? Yeah, and then my wife hated the thing. 
because it was rusty and oh, was you know, she wasn't as nice as she, she was accustomed to. And she hated it and it had a black fender and a black I, hood. See, that yeah, I that's why I remember you did some yeah, of the body work anyway. and replaced it. So I don't know. It's, it's still a very unique vehicle. It was. It was cool, but I don't think I'd ever drive anything right-hand drive again. Well, and it's interesting you bring this up because now with the 15-year import law, or 25-year, I'm sorry, there aren't a lot of new vehicles that are coming up to be eligible to be imported. They're right. kind of cool. I think it's the next-gen uh, Skyline, so yep. now the R32s are available. And there are a few other vehicles, I think, that we didn't get here. Right. Like the JDM stuff that might be interesting. So, And amazingly, none of that made... Um None of those cars that are able to be imported made a list from Haggerty. Oh, really? They didn't make it. So we have a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, ten cars that um, were collectors' cars that Haggerty says is going to be the um, it's going to be the next you know kind of the new collector car, the new ones that you should be looking out for. Right. Okay. So this is always fun to think about. So what is going to be the next new classic that you could basically almost invest in? Right. 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 This is what you should buy to, to make money in the future. Or basically exactly. this is what's going to appreciate. So I want to go through this list with you and you can, and we'll, we'll talk about whether we think that that it's fair or not. Right. Okay. And so this is 10 vehicles yep. and it's from Haggerty. Okay. All right. So first we've got on the list is the E46 M3. Okay. E46. So yeah, that's, that's like 2000 something. Yeah. No, I, now, this was kind of, a lot of people think this was the pinnacle of the M3 over the years. Right. Because you had the original E30, totally, which was I awesome. I disagree with that entirely. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Just I, be, you go back to the E30. No, I think that the E36 M3 is probably the, I really like that car. Yeah. It's, I mean, the interior is totally garbage. <laughs> like it's just junk. It's '90s malaise. It's terrible. Yeah. But the, but the engine itself and the simplicity of it, it's not too overwrought, and I think it's pretty good. Right. I mean, I'm not a big BMW guy, so I don't know the specifics too much or the intricacies of it. But I I remember hearing that the E46 M3 had that engine that was originally only in a European model, and it was the 3.2 liter. And it was just kind of like the, you know, a, a sewing machine or a Swiss right. watch where it was just, yep. it ran beautifully and just hummed along. So I, I don't know. So it's a great car. E46 M3 is awesome. It's a nice car, you know, really technologically advanced for its time. You know, okay. one of my favorite things that I ever saw was when you have the, like the little warm up on thing on the tachometer. Oh, sure. Which is great. You know, as you, as the car warms up, the, Your red, line the red line moves. Yep. I, just for some reason that in the E39 M5, that was something I was like, oh man, I love, I remember when that stuff came out. I was like, oh, I love that so much. That's so geeky and neat. That is cool. But, you know, the, the E46 M3 has the SMG transmission, which was garbage. Right. Well, I would stay away from that yeah, obviously if you're going to buy one of these. But, and then they had the, they made a ton of the convertibles. And it's just. True. Yeah, well. So the one of these that are going to be collectible, I think, are good colors. Okay. Like Laguna Seca Blue or a Mola Yellow. That's true. That is so, a cool So you're going to have to have a manual car yep. with good colors. Sedan. And low miles. Or coupe, rather. Not yep. sedan. And it's going to have to be. E46 sedan M3s, I don't think. I don't think so. Um, that you would have had to get like a ZHP 330i maybe. Maybe that's okay. a sedan. I'm not sure. But at any be. rate, yeah, so you kind of so need a You're going to need the best. Specific. For this one specifically, I think you're going to need the best of that. So you're, it's not like all, you know, all 911s have gone crazy, right? But right, all E46 M3s are not going to go crazy. Yeah, probably not. No, there's going to be a lot of ones that are And I wonder toilets. what they're at right now as far as value. That's one thing we don't have here because I'd be curious. And they're like, you things. could get a nice one for a decent one for 10, 15 grand. Okay. No, they're still worth money for a nice one. Right. I just don't, I don't see them as appreciating really because they made 
thousands. Right. They do make a lot of them. them. It's not something where it's rare to see one nowadays. Maybe we'll get enough of them crashed. By the time those are going to be valuable, you're probably not even going to be able to drive them anymore. So. <laughs> um, next, we won't go down that road. <laughs> the next we have is the CJ7. Right. So this is the Jeep. Um, that came after what you think of as like the old Willys military jeep. Then yeah. they had the CJ5. The CJ7 was basically an elongated, updated version of the CJ5. And what years did those come out? What kind well, of what that era was, was that? It was the 70s. Okay. So and my dad actually had a, a CJ5. So is the product of this being on the, on this list? I I purposely didn't read the article because I didn't want to be necessarily influenced on you know right. what is making these cars worth more. Yeah. No, but is it sense. is it kind of a product of the older stuff being just worth so much money? I think a lot of it is people want to go back to, you know, the simplicity. You know, you, you think of what your daily drivers are today. So much of this is, and the E46, I think, doesn't fall into that category. So maybe that's another thing against it as far as why we don't want that right. as a, an investment. But, yeah, I think a lot of it is because it is older um, and just the fun factor. I mean, have you driven an older Jeep at no, all? No, I've never. Actually, actually, I've only driven one Jeep ever. Okay. And it was like, uh, it wasn't. I don't know what's kind of the longer one. What is that thing called? Oh, uh, like the it was like the, a new Jeep. Yeah, it was it the was Wrangler like, Unlimited is the four door version. Yeah, some, I was thinking that. about buying one of those, and I didn't. Yeah. I didn't buy it. I those just, aren't cheap either, by the way. I know. Yeah, I, that's part part of the reason why I didn't. I ended up getting a Touareg instead at the time. Which yeah, was, that's probably a good choice. Uh huh. I don't know about that. <laughs> no, but the CJ Seven and that whole you know kind of um, that timeline of Jeeps right in that area they they were very simple. Back to basics. I mean, right. it's all stamped steel panels on them. And I think this is when they are owned by AMC. All right. Which went the way of the Dodo. But they put their big V8 into this Jeep as well. Okay. Well, that's I mean, cool. I mean, V8s at that time didn't even make that much power. But And the thing is, is there's not going to be that many of these still around that didn't just turn to dust. Right. my guess. Which is, Yeah, you know, I think they rusted. Quantity is something that really determines value, too. Right. It's the and rarity. It's, and whether you can go get one or not. Because I can go out right now on Craigslist and probably buy like 30 E46 M3s. So, I mean, right. something like this, of it. appreciating seems more likely. Here's another interesting uh, part of it, too, is I know for a fact that, like, these Jeeps, the aftermarket forum is huge. Like, you could probably buy oh, yeah. all new body panels, everything you'd need for this Jeep. It's well-supported. Yeah, you could just go on Summit, probably, or exactly. Jags and buy everything you yep. ever want. Exactly. So that probably factors into it as well. All right. Uh, next, we've got the uh, the Benz SL. Okay, so Mercedes-Benz SL. and I SL what? What does this mean? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I took notes here yeah. for you. So in the article, it was a specific generation of the SL, and I'm not a Mercedes guy, so I don't... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at it right You better now. look it up. I'll, I'll vamp right a little here. bit here. Yeah, uh, not a huge Mercedes guy. Mercedes okay, so this me... is the... This is... Sorry. This is the... Um, like an 89 to 2001... SL. So this would be the one that you could have gotten a V12 in. Oh, okay. And these things are pretty cool. My buddy actually just bought one of these. And I should try to find it. And I can't because our internet here sucks. But there's a <laughs> video. If you put headers on these, it, sounds, just sound it sounds like a Pagani. Oh, I suppose. Because that was it's basically the, a Mercedes V12 it's basically the, there. Yeah. And it's basically a okay, Pagani motor. Cool. And they sound just ridiculous. Just um, maybe I'll post one up on the on the Facebook channel there and okay. later on. But it's it's really cool. And I would agree that these are definitely going to appreciate. Um, but Do you I, know anything about like what this gen was called or this this platform? I don't. I don't know. W, okay. w something. W something. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure. Uh, it's blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't know. It says R1. Oh, codenamed R129. Okay. Is what it, what it says. 
Someone I can't keep up with that stuff. Will know that. I've owned a W123 and I've owned a W140. One, and... Isn't there a 124 as well? Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's all kinds of Ws. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but these are cool. These are really nice cars. They're extremely comfortable. They're they're pretty fast. Um, they're See, you, again though, maintenance on something oh, on I'm these sure. is, is is touchy. It's really touchy. So you got to make sure that you get a nice one. And you can get into one of these now for like eight, ten, probably. Okay, that makes and, sense. And they're, they're probably because cool. it's falling apart. Or you have to be careful of finding one that is falling apart. Right. And my only problem with these is they, they don't, you can't, it's lowering them and making them look cool, which is something I like, is not really a thing. You know, it's it's, it's not yeah. really a thing with well, these. Well, here's which, my perception of Mercedes in general is that they're kind of a luxury car first and that they have a lot of performance to go along with it. And something just to me never, that never appealed to me. And I know, like you said, having this V12 in it, and I'm sure it has amazing power. Most of them have a V8. Okay. Most of them have a V8. But it's you like 300 horsepower. Yeah. I mean, that's still nothing to, to scoff at, 300 horsepower in that car. Yeah, not at all. What does it say what they weigh here? 4,100 pounds. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, that'll scoot. Yeah, that's not so bad. And like I said, if you put headers on these things, they sound crazy. But that, I don't know if would that ruin it, though? You, you're driving around this Mercedes oh, no. SL with a top off and it's loud? Is that what you want? Or do yeah. you want it to just... That's what I would want. That's what you would want. Because, <laughs> I mean, it just looks like, you know, a sleek, older, like I said, luxury vehicle or, a, you know, a cool coupe. And then you stomp on it. Right. Um, well, the next one we've got is the Lamborghini Diablo. And I'm not sure why this car is even on this list because these things are already worth. I was going to say, I don't know if they're going to appreciate it anymore. Money. Or maybe they will, but it's not something you can get into easily. I think Hagerty probably put something like this on the list just because they need to have something more expensive on there. I mean, they've got this thing. That, so this is actually for investors reading and saying, okay, well, what should I put my, in yeah, my portfolio? Yeah, I guess. They're like, well, Hagerty value, $145,000 to $158,000. <laughs> okay, guys, well, uh, I'll just take out a personal loan. Right. Well, I'm curious then if they do believe that's actually going to appreciate significantly. I think it's probably going to depend on which one you get. Because okay. there was a bunch of different versions. Like if you get like a VT or something like that, that's right. a little bit more hopped up. Um it could it could definitely be worth something the six liter version or whatever it could be worth That's more right. money. Yep. But I mean, they I don't really like like the Diablo that much. So, so yeah, the Diablo was the kind of first kind of modern Lamborghini. So this had the all wheel drive, <laughs> the Countach had... still super quirky. Oh, I mean, yeah. they're still, well, they still always super are. weird. I remember this reading is... a review of the new Aventador, and there was even you get in that even though it's owned by Audi. It, it's still, there are quirks about it. And that's just part of the appeal to the brand, I think. Right. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's, look at all, t- I'm look at how tiny that window is in the back. I still, yeah, you, you know, it's the little thing you much. always hear when anybody gets into one of these is, I can't see shit. Well, no, and that's why, um, so their test driver back in the day for the Countach, Balboni, or maybe he was the engineer, he's the one that first did, you know, you swing up the scissor door and yep. you sit on the outside of the door ledge and just look outside yeah, the car behind that's you. That's what you're supposed to do. Right. That is the that's way how, back that is, of the Lamborghini. It's probably in the instruction manual. I think. <laughs> I think that's how you're <laughs> supposed not, to do it. If not, it should be. I don't know, man. That, that's, right. It's part of the charm, but after a while, does that get old? I don't think so. And the maintenance has got to be crazy. Yeah, but it's a Lamborghini. It, right here it says. This isn't going to be your daily driver. This one says cons. Having to cut a hole in the body to get the starter out is uh, is sums up the maintenance experience. Computer failure can come out, come with a $10,000 bill. And so they, I will admit I did, after you sent me this article, I did read into this a little bit. Okay. So they're talking about this particular owner who's kind of a connoisseur of these and does all his own maintenance and everything else. Yeah. And so, yeah, he said rather than dropping the whole drivetrain, he cut into the body panel to get to a starter motor, which I probably would have done as well. But then you're Jesus ruining Christ. the value of it. I don't well, know. that one's not worth $150,000. <laughs> yeah, probably not. 
All right, next on the list is the uh, Toyota Supra Turbo. Yep, so this is the the Mark IV Supra yep. for our Toyota geeks. And, and I think that this one's probably correct. I think this oh, one's yeah. definitely going to take off, especially with the Fast and the Furious generation finally starting to come into money as they get older. Good point. This yeah. is something that, you know. I was going to argue against you if you said coming into age because I, you know, when did the first Fast and the Furious come out? That was years ago. 99, 10, 2000, 10 ago, something like that. More than that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's back then. But you're right. Now people are But those guys, let's say you where, saw that movie when you were 15. Yep. Now you're 30 and you finally are out of your first job. You've maybe starting now to get you your college loans paid down. To buy these dream cars. And you cars. can finally buy these cars. Yep. And I think that, I think that that car is definitely, they've got it priced at sixty to $74,000. I think that's probably a, a good bet, but they've been valued at about that for a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember I looked at really a few of these them. over the years, and that's oh, yeah. that's kind of where they've been. I think the trick with these is finding one that's really unmolested at this point. Yeah, finding one that's unmodified. Exactly. Every one that I see for sale is like, yeah, it's got this software and you know this different right. turbo and because they know. had the two JZ engine in them, yep, which yep. was the you know the super popular six cylinder that takes a ton of boost yep. and can make stupid power. Yep. But yeah, then the problem is everyone over the years has modified them. So because that's the thing with a lot of these, when you're looking at being buying a vehicle for an investment, I mean, really, you you can't modify it, right? Because that's what the value is is the fact that it's original. That's why buying cars condition. for investment is stupid. It is. Like, I agree. What are you doing? Maybe we should just throw the rest of this article in the garbage because I'm just getting pissed <laughs> off. Well, okay, we're spending a lot of time on it. Let's just go down the list and kind of do uh, yes or no, right? Okay. So next one is a Ford Raptor. No. Yeah. I, that thing sucks. Well, they made way too many of them. It's not old. So it's not rare. It's not old. I mean, there's guys probably that bought them and then just parked them with zero miles. Maybe that would be I don't something think they about. ever did. I don't know, man. I went to I went to an auction in Monterey where the guy um, came out and rolled out a Ford GT with 15 miles on it. That's different. I could see that. That's a limited production supercar. This is, I mean, this is just an F-150. And I know they did a lot of work to them and they are awesome off-road. But I can't see this appreciating in value. All right, next on the list, we've got the Porsche 911 Turbo 996. So 996 generation. No, these things are never going to be worth a bunch of money. No, you they can made get too them, many of them. You can and, get them for right around 30 grand now. Yep, they're not going to be worth a ton of money. I mean, it's not even, it's largely overlooked by Porsche Pierce. Hagerty value is 46000 to $56,000. Way overpriced. Way high. Hagerty's really crazy with that yeah um next we've got the i love this thing <laughs> so this is like this would be like a guilty pleasure for me to to own something like this this is the the pontiac firebird firehawk which is just an outrageous car right um, so this is, is the this latest the ws6 right is that what's in these things yes or that, was that the chassis number i'm not sure but i always look at me it says like ws6 or whatever it is across i think the back. that was um, yeah that was that the firehawk? chassis Number no, so I again I read about this because okay. I was curious. Yeah. Firehawk was a special edition of this Trans Am. Okay, okay. And I think I'm trying to remember if it was actually a third party only, that did it, like only a Hennessy or something. horsepower. Yeah, they didn't Come on, make guys. They didn't make a ton of power. I wonder in those what engines. the I think the WS6 is something else. Let's because I think that's what I would actually want. Let me look and see. But I mean, the real appeal with this Firehawk, it has the classic screaming chicken on the hood. Yeah. And yep. the one in the picture here is black with the the gold accents. You know, just harkening back to Smokey and the Bandit, basically. Yeah, for sure. All right, let me see. What do you uh, find in here? Chris? I just want to find the the WS6 and how it's different. So we have uh, some GM guys listening to this, just shouting at us. Oh, I'm sure. Their speakers. Uh, WSX performance package with 6200 RPM rev limit. Blah blah blah. 300 foot pounds of torque. Well, where's the horsepower number? That's all anybody cares about with this stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, what is the what is the point here? Yeah. Zero to sixty in under five seconds, fully capable, 
of making 500 horsepower and 600 foot-pounds of torque. Okay, fully capable. That's just well, because that's not... it's a small block. It's an LS, right? <laughs> you could say that for anything that has an LS. Yeah. Anyway, those things, I just, you know, one of my dreams is to have like a like an 87 Camaro RS. In the mullet. To blue T-top V6. V6. Oh, yeah, I want the V6. <laughs> Give me that V6. Okay, so you're being funny right now. No, I actually would drive this. I want to. I don't know. I want to experience what it would be like to drive that thing around. For I want to see what people think of me. Like maybe I'd wear a wife beater and some jeans and pretend to smoke and kick some beer cans out of the car every time I get out. And That doesn't sound like fun to me. But I don't okay. know. I think that would just be a riot. We could set that up for you. No. No, I don't actually want to do this. But I do want to. The rest of that is bullshit. But I do actually want to own one of these for a little bit and just experience what it's like. It's so just, this is the same part of you that wanted a Hellcat. No, I wanted a Hellcat because they're fucking awesome. Okay. I want one of these because they fucking suck. <laughs> like an old an old Camaro RS would just be yeah. a total pile. Um, all right, so uh, next on the list is like a late 60s, early 70s Chevy Blazer. Right, and, and I think this was the C10 platform they called do, them. They st- these don't do anything. Oh, for I me. think they're cool. So I, they I look actually, cool, but what am I going to do with this? So C10 trucks. Am I going to go on like a picnic or what am I doing? Yeah, basically. Yeah. I don't know. You, you drive out to the you cabin know, or the this property. This thing would look awesome towing my Chris, my 73 Chris yes. craft to the water. That would yeah. be cool. See, this will be your tow vehicle. That would be awesome. This thing is probably, compared to my new Tahoe, it's probably a really shitty tow vehicle. I don't know. You know? Well, I mean, it had the V8 in it. Yeah. Stiff suspension. Yeah, I don't know how. It's short wheelbase, though. 40 so that less, probably 40 less horsepower. Probably wouldn't less. be great for towing with a short wheelbase. Why do they have, they have a zero to 60 time listed for this? Well, yeah, I know. 12 it's, seconds. I think it's because well, they just put it for everything. It's not sub five. For, I'm definitely not buying this yeah, blazer. This isn't my investment choice because yeah. of that. Yeah, no, I actually really like these. I've ridden in one. Wow, they're worth 20 to 30 grand. Yeah, this yeah, is one cool. of those that people definitely are already collecting. So again, though, to the point of is this really going to be an investment? Are they going to appreciate that much? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. The Broncos went crazy, right? And I actually like the way that this looks better than a Bronco. I'd rather oh, yeah. I'd rather have one of these myself, yeah, just people, based on looks. People who wanted one of these but couldn't afford them got one of the older Broncos. Yep. I think these are considered cooler than that, at least in my mind. You know, they have the removable hardtop, and the Bronco also did. But the Bronco, you had to actually unbolt like twelve bolts around the chassis in order to get the hardtop off. This was a bit easier to remove. Right. Right. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Yeah, I've, I've dropped all my papers all over the floor. It was awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was our, what did we What's say, seven one? of these? or So then we had, we had one that we thought they were missing. Um, some cars that, that I thought were left off and that you thought were maybe left off. Yeah, um, so, I mean, just kind of the, the general thought of what would be a good investment or what vehicles are going to appreciate here. I'm not in the sure next why, years. you know, I don't really like these top ten lists because I think they're always a huge compromise. You know, it would be in nice to... Way? Because there's a lot more than 10, and there's some that are better. Like, why don't we just write maybe right. once so a day we write an article on a car? That, no, I think what they should probably, now I'm telling them how to write their little magazine, but they should just have an article every couple of days that says, hey, this is a future collectible. Okay. Instead of this quick clickbait crap, right. check out these top 10 cars. So you have a feature every once yeah, in a while not? about collecting. Why not? Why don't we do that? Anyway, so some that I thought would be um, uh, really, I don't want to spend too much time on these, but the 914. Absolutely. Porsche 914 is... Yep, and I think we both came up with this independently when we were thinking about this. Yep. Because um, anything air-cooled Porsche is just going crazy, 911 values, and this is kind of, as you put down, the rising tide, you know, lifts all boats. Yep. It's basically, and we have a buddy who has a 914, and I'm and, super and they're, jealous. They're worth, they're they're going up in value purely because, I mean, they used to be the redheaded stepchild of Porsche. Yeah. Nobody wanted a 914. It's basically a Beetle. 
but they're you know they're yeah. that's basically a beetle. I would say the nine eleven is more beetle than if you're what using are you that talking analogy. About? No, it's not engine the, position. The, the motor is a four cylinder push rod. Nine. This is what. This is it. This is the one that you were picking to get my gears going, wasn't it? It is. We're not there yet. Okay. Well, should I go off on this? Because I certainly could. Sure. Why not? I just. I the the nine fourteen is way more beetle than nine eleven. It's got a push rod, four cylinder motor. Okay. It sounds lame. It's slow. It's it is it's physically a beetle. Fifty fifty weight distribution. Engine right behind you. Super low to the ground. Slow as hell. Sounds lame. Has a push rod engine. <laughs> the only thing you're doing is getting like a punching out the cylinders and getting a little polished distributor cap for it. You know this. They're nothing like a nine eleven, and that's why they were so devalued back in the day. Nobody wanted them, and the only reason they're worth money now is they are a good looking car. They are a good platform. Yeah. But the 911s are now, they used to be like a, a 914 was 2500 bucks, right. and a 911 was ten to $15,000. Now it's a 914 that's nice is, you know, eight to 12000 oh, yeah. or more, and a 911 is like fifty. I'm kicking so myself because a few years ago, I passed on a 914 project for under a grand. Right. And yeah, I, you should have bought that. I know I should have. Nice job. You know, that Beetle. So the other things that are probably coming up in value, in my opinion, are uh, the... You put early JDM stuff, and you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and it seems like other than this, it seems like they almost put the Supra on that list. Like, oh, we got to have something JDM on there. Let's just pick yeah, the most that's obvious not, one. that's not what I'm thinking of. No, I go it's, back earlier than that. Yeah, like absolutely. Like you said, the, the early Corolla AEC86 platform. Yep. Any of the Civic SI stuff into the 90s yep. that's unmolested. Like, you know what I'm talking Like the blue the blue Civic with two-door with a with the red badge on the back says SI. It's got the little spoiler on it. Yep. That's the one. That is absolutely the car. Those are going to be worth money if they're not screwed with. Um, right, and that's kind of the theme throughout all these is, you know, you have yeah. to find one that's Especially with not JDM totally stuff. unmolested. Yeah, JDM yeah. stuff is, is you definitely, that stuff gets messed up pretty quick. Um, also, we've got uh, one of my favorite cars, mm -hmm. Volkswagen GTI. Mark One and Mark II GTIs are, you know, that's the hot hatch yeah. revolution right there. Seeing that not on the list is crazy. Um, you can't find. But are they going to appreciate that much more than what they absolutely. are? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you cannot find a GTI that isn't a pile of shit. It's really, right. really hard. Okay. So getting a nice so one that worth money. Yeah, yeah. It. I mean, there were there like everything else. They were all fucked with because they're little hot hatches. Oh yeah. They have CIS, which is a pile of shit. Yeah. Unless it works, it's a pile of shit injection system. It's junk. It's right. nobody knows how to work on it anymore except my buddy Chad. And <laughs> <laughs> you know the parts are unobtainium or expensive or you have to have them oh. rebuilt somewhere. It, they're super. Just they're not easy to deal with anymore. Okay. So not, finding a not nice easy one. To maintain. Yeah. No, and not expensive necessarily, but just. But you tedious. need to have the knowledge. And you have to have the you knowledge and I or can't know do somebody. It in our garage to to rebuild a CIS system. Not really. I mean, there's things you can to, do, but that? yeah, you wouldn't want to. And all the parts are old stock, and they're all oh. like shitty, and like there's so many different parts of a CIS system that need to work right. It's almost like a symphony of parts that have to work well together. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you need to have like warm up regulators and metering plates, and all these things need to work in harmony. For the system to work at all. Well, that's why, you know, you'd go with carbs as you did. I did. Your old Mark one. Well, that's just because there's <laughs> there's a limit to the size of cams you can put in CIS. Yeah. Because it's got this metering plate. Yeah, yeah, you it's literally got a have plate. a flap in there that's directed by the airflow. Yeah. And it's literally a restriction. Yeah, you get, too big a, you get too big of cams and you start to get uh, compression back into the intake charge. Oh, okay. And so with carbs and you have six individual throttles, that's not a problem. But you start getting, like, that metering plate will start to bounce. 
Sure. Okay. You know, if you start getting turbulence in the intake charge, it becomes a problem. Something with the valve overlap yeah. and yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So it's you know, if you want to do a bunch of modifying, it's not that great of a system, but. Um, but the, but, yeah, but your finding point a good ones, yeah, you can't find them anymore. Sucks, especially like a Rabbit GTI, like a really clean Rabbit mm-hmm. GTI a few years ago Mark was one, you know, two thousand, three thousand dollars, four thousand dollars. Now they're ten. See them on eBay, ten, twelve. Wow, definitely no, that's something. A good point. Um, if you could find a clean like Westmoreland, GT, Westmoreland, Pennsylvania built GTI, I would, I would love to have. I'd take West, a silver yeah. one. With the bl- silver or white, with the blue interior, with the little red stripes across the seats. I know what you're talking about. That yeah. would be, mm, that would be. <laughs> I think I don't know what the color is. is it like tuxedo white or something. I don't remember. Here, what the color I'm gonna, is. I'm gonna totally counter your previous statement though. Would you be able to keep it stock? Absolutely, I could. I could definitely leave it stock. I, I've never really driven a really nice stock GTI, and I think with its short ratio gearbox and if it had nice seats and it wasn't, you know, the problem is, is when you get a really shitty car, you kind of want to mm-hmm. make it better. Like you right. like if it's something is kind of a pile of crap, you're like, oh, well, let's improve something. But if the thing was already kind of a a really nice car to begin with, and it was, yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to keep a rabbit around around stock. Okay, right. no, I agree with you, but I just I just know that'd be hard to do. <laughs> it would be difficult for me. <laughs> Maybe I could have both. Maybe I could have some pile of shit rabbit to modify or a pick. I'd like to do another pickup truck. But I think that'd be fun too. Yeah. So the other couple I've got on here are the 944 Turbo. Yep, totally um, agree with that. I think that one's. Uh, Already going up in value. Yep. And then I've got the, the M cars that I actually think are worth getting. Which are? Um, really nice E36 M3 yep. and the E34 M5. Right. I like that. Those two. I do have to laugh, though. You added one to the list here that I'm just looking at. Fox Body Mustang. I did. I really think that <laughs> I did. I think the Fox Body so, Mustang stuff is. I do agree with you. I think they're coming back around and I think they're really cool. But they're nowhere near rare. There's so many of them out there. Right. And right. Well, there's some there's some unique versions of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose you're right. Actually, yeah, the police interceptor, they made a version of it. And that's, I know, already taken off in value. Um, when I talk Fox Body Mustang, I'm talking like kind of like the last generation of Fox Body Mustang. I'm not talking right. about the one that looks like a Mercury Capri. You yeah, know, so I, there's there's a different nose yeah, the, to the later ones. The ones, ones that have the bigger headlights, I think they're probably the, the, the non-sealed beam headlights. Okay. Versus the ones from back in the day that had the quad headlights across exactly, the front. Exactly, the four those, eyes. The ones that make me shiver every time I see them. <laughs> but those came with the cool Recaros. With the, me- oh, with the halo headrest. Yeah, where you get the mesh had, in the uh, middle. They had plaid or uh, checkered checked seats like the uh, the pace car Mustang from uh, the late okay. 70s. Wow, was... you were you were looking into this. No, this is just knowledge. I don't know. <laughs> I just love those seats. So I kind of knew where they came from because I remember looking for those seats okay. at one time. But those are pretty cool. And I like. Yeah, I could see that. And I think that it's kind of an undervalued chassis. I think the really nice Fox body stuff, especially the later stuff. Could be, could be good. Could be worth money. Yeah, I, there I, are. You already start to see. I, I'm starting to see people talk about them. It's okay. kind of what it is. I start to see people on Twitter or on Facebook, mm-hmm. and on social media, kind of like talking about their Fox Body Mustang projects. And I think that's kind of the seed of where it starts. Is you get some guys that are really into it, and those guys are kind of dudes you look into, look up to a little right. bit. Well, it, you, and then you, it kind it's of aspirational. So if you see one guy who built one that was really cool or something totally different, where you've never seen a Fox body built like this that goes right. with any, you know, any car chassis, then people start to take notice. Yep. Absolutely. Anyway. So, um, what do you think's driven the collector car market over the last 10 years anyway? Cause it seems like in the last 10 years, I mean, everybody constantly goes, Oh, nine 11, nine 11, but it's kind of like all vintage cars over the last, is it kind of like a, so are you saying this is, this is different in the last 10 years? In the last 10 years, I think it's been different. I think that, mm, okay. I guess I haven't taken notice okay, so, before 10 years ago, really. Well, I guess I didn't either, but I have noticed that if you look at the value charts, things definitely went whoop and everything kind of just okay. jumped up. 
I don't know if it's like uh, smart money fleeing the dollar when the when the stock market had a problem back in the day. So again, like, this is people actually investing in cars. In people investing in I don't cars. Know if that many people did that to make a difference, and if they did, it's like the super rare early Bugattis and you know the Ferrari. You're GTO crazy if you don't think people are didn't aren't flipping nine elevens for money and investing yeah, in that stuff. I mean, it's 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 happening. And look at like just stuff like a Dino. Adina wasn't worth shit. True. And those things are worth a ton of money now. Yeah. So all this stuff kind of like started getting grabbed up and people start like the smart money grabbed these cars up that they thought were going to be worth money. And then everybody else was like, oh, shit, those are cool. Yeah. Oh, my God, those are cool. But now they're all all the nice ones are gone. And then they started changing hands and being sold. And now everything all of a sudden value shoots up. Yeah. All of a sudden they're worth a ton of money. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I was just kind of thinking in general what brings, you know, value to a car. It's rarity. It's, you know, I think. Now more than ever, I touched on a little bit before. We're we're seeing this kind of throwback to simplicity. A Chevette is simple. True. Okay. So is it the simplicity of it, or <laughs> you know, like you could get a Chevette or an old Chevy Nova from nineteen eighty two? Yeah, that... I wouldn't want that though, would you? No, even though it's simple, you buy you know. Okay. So what is it? I mean, it, it's more than the formula than that. It's not just simplicity no, I mean, it, equals. It, it's simplicity right. plus. It has to have the cool factor, absolutely. Right. But that's so ambiguous what does that mean yeah so you've got you got to have simple plus you've got to have some performance right okay so yeah. you've got to have plus you've got to have some pedigree with the brand yeah you know yes so i think no. you've got to have well you got to have all, it's not each thing these individually. are all factors it's all factors that kind of exactly. add up you tick all these boxes and then pretty soon you've got a car that's pretty valuable something that's right. simple something that's got some sporty history to it maybe it's got some motorsport built in right maybe it's got like uh um one of the reasons like volkswagen does, doesn't really have anything like that but they do have the hot hatch Plus, it's tied in with, oh, well, my dad had one of those when I was growing up. I was up. just going so there. So it's like this nostalgia thing, too. Yep, a lot of it is nostalgia. It's, you know, what you remember thinking was cool as a kid yep. or what your dad drove or something along those lines. But, again, that's just another factor in the whole equation because, like you said, if your dad drove a Chevette, you probably don't want one. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, nobody's like, oh, man, I remember, I remember going to Dairy Queen and my dad's Chevette in the backseat. Man, that was so sweet. No, not happening. Although they did have the... The Plymouth Horizon Turbo was pretty sweet back in the day. Oh, yeah. That was what the K car where they yeah. had the turbocharged yeah, engine you, in it. Yeah, you could do a bunch. Of that. I mean, there's some neat stuff. Plus, the, you know what would be awesome So is have. that going to be the next? Maybe we just predicted the yeah. next collector car. Probably not. But, hey, what about those minivans that had the, the Plymouth minivans with the turbo motors? So, no, it wasn't the Plymouth. It was Toyota. No, uh, it was the Plymouth. I, oh, really? Yeah, keep going, and I'll, I'll pull it up okay. so you can see so it. So I'm thinking of the Toyota. I, I'm at a loss now. It's not the Previa. It's the, it was mid-engine. With a turbocharged, no, I think it was a supercharged six-cylinder, like under the chassis. What the heck were those called? I'm I'm going to say, behold, and you can see the, the Plymouth thumbnails. The Plymouth Van Voyager Turbo. Turbo, okay. and these things had a 2.5 or I think 2. Point something turbo, a 2.5 liter turbo right and, there. Yeah, seven passenger. A photo of it just doing a burnout. <laughs> here's, here's the access. Introducing the Plymouth Voyager, a 2.5 liter turbo, seven passenger sports car. I love it. So that thing is cool. That is kind of like if cool. you could get a hold. <laughs> I'm just looking at the picture of this thing. It's so boxy. It's so goddamn ugly. But man, do I that want is one? Awesome. Oh, that I gotta awesome. see if I can. But those things are. I bet if you could find a really clean one of those, but that would be hard to find. Yeah. You know what else? I don't know how many years they did this, but I know Dodge used the Volkswagen VR6 in their van really? for a couple of years. Yeah, I had never heard of that. 
Yeah, that's another rare one where I could see that being kind of cool. A Euro look. six van. I mean, yeah, you just yeah. pipe it out. At that point, cool. I'd probably just get a Euro six Euro van. True. Yeah, yeah stay again. Imagine being the dad that bought this, and he's looking at all the Plymouths and all the vans and everything else. He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and get the, <laughs> get turbo, the turbo one." Model. And the wife's <laughs> like, "Why are you getting the? Tra-? You just you, we gotta get the turbo." Right. One. And then he was the guy that was doing one wheel wonders in his minivan, yep. picking his kids up from school. <laughs> God, I love that guy. I I want to be that guy. You should get that car. I, I should see if I can find one of those. I wonder how many of them they made. Uh, that probably is a rare. Yeah, rare it car. probably is. The internet here is too slow to, to figure it okay. off. off the, what I'm trying to now, I'm racking my brain what that Toyota van was. I have no idea, man. Okay. I really someone don't. will comment after yeah, this because we, sure. we won't look it up. Um, okay, so if we want to move on, we got. Yeah, we so got I some want news. another collect, another collector vehicle that I think is going to be worth a ton of money someday. Okay, we're not. It's on, it's on the screen now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, for those of us who follow a lot of uh, social media accounts and automotive news, the new Lamborghini Urus—is that how we're saying it? Let's Urus. sure. Let's. What's the ugliest Urus. way? What's the ugliest way to say this name? Urus. Urus. The it's Urus. the Urus. Yeah, because that's the ugliest name for the ugliest Lamborghini I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing. I was so excited when I heard years ago that they were bringing back a Lamborghini SUV. Because the original Lamborghini cool. SUV, everyone called it the Rambo Lambo. Yeah, it was like it was like a Hummer. It was every terrorist dream. Oh car. yeah, it was a V12 on a huge platform. Those were cool, but yep. this is nothing. Well, look at that thing. Looks like that. Could you imagine if you pulled up with that car in front of a, a school to pick up kids? They would just flee. Yeah, they so, would think that they're going to be vacuumed <laughs> into the front bumper. They're just going to get like. Yeah, so if you look at the photos of these things, you know, they're, they're trying to pull this whole brand styling into a bigger chassis, which doesn't work with a Lamborghini. The thing looks like if you threw it, it would come back to you. Yeah, the boomerang. It, it's just <laughs> terrible. It it's so hideous. ugly. And the other thing that, you know, you're going to touch on here, it's disappointing. Even if it looked cool, it's just. A Volkswagen. It's underneath. disappointing, and and it, and it is, and it's the MLB chassis, right? right? So, um, what a lot of people may not know, or maybe they do, but all Volkswagen groups cars now are built on different. There's MLB, and I think there's MLQ, right? I and think. so these are code names for modular chassis. Yeah. Basically, they can take you know the rear end from one, the floor pan from another, right. and they just bolt them all. And on. all this does for me is breed mediocrity. It's just like, well, let's what can we do? What can we make with what we have? Rather than being like, what can we make that we don't have yet? Right, so what it's the we, term parts bin engineering, yeah, right? Absolutely. You have stuff on the shelf, and they're just putting together in new ways. Yeah, so there, nobody's, this is absolutely breeding mediocrity. There's no <laughs> ingenuity. There's nobody, uh, I don't want to say there's no engineering in this. No, I'm sure there is. I mean, it is going to be an horsepower. amazing vehicle. Right, but if you drive it, I'm going to think you're an asshole with no taste <laughs> immediately. <laughs> well, and the other thing, it's the same as an Audi Q7. It's the same as a Porsche Cayenne underneath. I mean, that is all under that MLB chassis. I think that this super fast SUV thing kind of started with the Porsche Cayenne. So maybe we can blame them. Because right. before that, what did you have? That, if you wanted, an, well, I'm trying a, to remember. When did like the, the Jeep SRT8 come out? That's after it the Cayenne, after. So I, okay. I believe. But the one that started it was the Cayenne. And then we had the SRT stuff. Then we had all of a sudden an X5M. Yo. But before all of this, the one that we had was we had the big, four. I think the 4.8 IS X5. That had the okay. widened wheels. It had kind of the oh yeah, the, you know the I know what you're talking the, about. It had like the the body effects on the side and the quad mm-hmm. exhaust, and it looked kind of staunch and right because you're driving a BMW X5, but you have like 11 inch tires in the back. Right. Let me see if I can pull up a picture of that thing. 
But those, I think that's kind of what started it because they were fast too. I mean, they, they, uh, yeah, there's no doubting these things are just outrageously quick. It's just such a weird phenomenon. It, you know, it's, it used to be soccer moms drove the minivans and then they all moved to SUVs. And now we have performance SUVs that the soccer mom is in. Right. So now we have like the Land Rover sports and all that stuff. So he, yeah, here's a, here's some pictures of this thing at the time when these, when these, uh, X5 4.8s, whatever came out. And these things are still for a nice one are eight, 10 grand. Okay. They're expensive. One of my buddies bought one, but this was the start of it. I think this came out and then everyone saw how I'm sorry, cool it was. Yeah. And then the Cayenne and that stuff came out yep. and then all of a sudden you've got all these SUVs that are just hot SUVs. And when, the, and then BMW, BMW responded with putting an M badge on it, yep. which was just like, that's when everybody started. I see what you're getting at. That's what everybody started saying. It's M sacrilege. for marketing. Yep. Right. It's, X5 is M is now M for marketing. Anymore. It used it to be that mean. was totally a special vehicle. Right. You know. And I don't care. I mean, why does it have to have the M badge on it? Why can't it just be the yeah. X5 whatever 5.5.8 IS or whatever engine they have in those things? Because you weren't no lying. It, it's marketing, right? Right. If you have Sad. your M3, then you know. That's, that's you why I think your... that this Urus. Urus exists. Urus. Urus. That's why this thing exists <laughs> is because it's they're trying to step that game up even further. And this game is now a competitive market where you have the X5M and you right. have the, the Land Rover Sports and you have AMG, the GL series. Now you have this. So it's the battle that's going on. And this is the this is the king shit right now in that battle that I don't give a shit about. Because yeah. who the fuck needs an, an SUV that does 200 and something miles? This thing's like Are you riled up about this, Chris. It, it's it's 200 and something mile an hour in an SUV? Yeah, you'll never What? What are you no doing? No one's going to ever do that. It's just, it's absolute, they're filleting themselves. Anybody that buys this thing is an asshole. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be their cash cow, though. You know this is going to be Lamborghini's number one selling vehicle going forward. How much is this thing? Do we know? What's I didn't, I don't recall. I right, I'm not look. interested in I'm going to look while you bag on it. Yeah. Oh, Two there. starts at $200,000. Right. They're not going to sell a lot. Come on. What did a gay artist start at? Or I suppose not I the have event no store. Idea. I don't know. I'm curious how this compares I've never in their looked. lineup. I, mean, I think they're probably 285 for Gallardo yeah, or something. That sounds like. about right. But this so $200,000. Wow. 640 horsepower, four liter. I mean, well, six, I mean, it makes sense from a business standpoint because you look at what the Cayenne did to Porsche. That's their top selling vehicle. Yeah, it's what allowed it, them to do exactly. So, so is that? Are we? Do I suddenly become okay with it because the Cayenne exists purely to promote the 911, which I love. Am I willing to take that yeah. compromise, or would it be better if there weren't probably not? Because you're not a huge Lambo fan. <laughs> yeah, but in the in the overall concept of there, there are people that are. So yeah, if you're a Lamborghini fan, are you okay with this because it allows you know Lamborghini to do whatever they want to do with their other stuff? Yeah, I don't know. Well, here's what's also interesting: Lamborghini's owned by the Volkswagen Audi Group, right? Right. So they're basically cannibalizing their other super. SUV sales. Maybe that's they? why it's two hundred thousand dollars. Because nobody's going to be a like, totally different market. Saying, hmm, "Am I going to want this hundred thousand dollar Cayenne or this two hundred thousand right. dollar?" I mean, nobody. I don't think anybody's price thing, shopping these things. Right. One thing I did read is in this article where they were talking about what their target market is for this vehicle. It's for the guy who has his Aventador but still needs an SUV, and because he likes Lamborghini, now he can be brand loyal and still buy an SUV. Right. Which makes sense. Right. In a way. It's useless as an SUV. I mean, it's, it says that the air suspension can go up, go up to give you up to 9.8 inches of travel. Can you tow with it? Uh, pro- probably. I'm sure you can. That's <laughs> I don't really care about that so much. But it's just, I don't know. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll be seeing much more of that. I mean, it's are, are we going to all of a sudden see what they've done with Porsche, which is now 
I wasn't going to talk about this today, but there's 23 different 911 variants. Okay, so now you've so the sales success of the Cayenne has now allowed Porsche to have 23 variants of the 911. Are we going to start seeing like a hundred thousand? I mean, we've got the Superleggera and some other. You know. Right. That's see. That's the difference. I, I was reading when you were ranting about this on Facebook. The difference is those are just different. I guess you would call trim levels almost of a 911. Right. They call it the the Cabriolet instead of just a 911 convertible. Or you have your 911. Yeah, but you've got Cabriolet, Cabriolet S, Cabriolet four wheel drive, Cabriolet Turbo, mm-hmm. Targa, Targa GTS. It's like. No, I agree. It's way too much. So, are, so what are we? Are we going to start having like a bunch of different Lamborghini trim levels and stuff like that? Are they trying to grow this brand, or is I'm this? Sure, yeah, everyone wants to grow their brand. That's absolutely what they're doing. <sighs> I wish they wouldn't. I know. <laughs> I'm with you there. I wish but... it would just stay special. It's, exactly. That's it's... what they're losing is kind of the prestige of the brand. All right. Anyway, let's move on. What else do we got here? Well, uh, we'll touch on this quickly. Uh, this is. Um, you know, Dieselgate, as we know, was happening. When year was that? That was a few years ago that this all came out. Yeah, 2015. 2015, yep, yep because that's when you bought that's your... That's, 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 what, <laughs> that's the golf. year that mine that didn't drive for two years, and it was a 2015 Golf. Okay. That's when it got parked. Yeah, so there's an executive here who was kind of the mainstay of this whole issue. He just got sentenced seven years in prison along with... Who is this guy? He is one of the executives. I can pull it up here. Uh, it's it's Schmidt is the guy's last name here. What did he, he was, do? We know what he did. Yeah, he was one of on the executive board there. Okay, so he's a big wig. Yeah, no, he's one of the big wigs. Do they? You think they threw him under the bus? Um, I don't know if they did. Like because, a dark alley discussion. Hey, let's get this, this Schmidt guy. Yeah, here's our, our scapegoat, basically. <laughs> Schmidt, fuck Schmidt. He's the one that never <laughs> washed his coffee cup out in the office. Let's throw him under the bus. Yeah, maybe. But anyways, he got seven years, and I believe it was also like a three hundred thousand dollar fine, which so, I'm sure but is it's just probably a slap like on the wrist. it's probably like ankle bracelet while this dude lives in his castle That's in Austria. It. I know, you it's, know, it's not going to be that crazy. But it seems, uh, well, was this as a result of what happened here, or was it as a result of violating German law? Because German, what they I didn't did, read into it that much. Okay, because what they did violated some German stuff too. Some of the German requirements and regulations on. Okay. The, yeah, I don't think we like we heard that much about it because we were all focused on the U.S. laws. Right. And what was going I'm thinking on he here. went to jail. Was this a U.S. Exec- executive or a German executive? I believe this was the U.S. Okay, so he he's he went I'm under the bus the for U.S. Okay. You know what really sucks is how much this ruined Volkswagen's plan for diesels. I know. I mean, it was like was a, a runaway. It was like a runaway success story. Absolutely. I mean, it was just. It's such a pity. It's really sad because they really had started to figure it out. The, I the mean, they were pretty was quick. There. Yep. It's just really, it's really sad. Um, well, kudos to that guy for taking the fall. Maybe we can move beyond it now. And you know what? It also ruined um, the domestic people. Like uh, Chrysler was doing some diesel stuff. Right. They were kind of leading the way in diesel technology, and that was you know making way. And now for it's some over. It's like a dirty, that. dirty word. Absolutely. Speaking of. Dirty diesels. Maybe I can finally bitch about my my. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. So every time I I go to fill up my diesel, one first thing that pisses me off, okay, mm-hmm. is the the not the first time I went to put diesel in this vehicle was at right. a marathon gas station by my house. I go, I lift, put my credit card in, lift up the thing, stick the the handle in the nozzle, and it doesn't fit. And I'm like trying to jam the fucking thing in there, like why won't this go in? Okay. And I'm like and I'm like pulling up on my phone, like like. I'm a re- I'm like, I know what's going on, but I feel like a retard. I know what's going on with cars, but here I am, can't put the stupid nozzle. And I'm like, so I'm like, 
2015 Golf can't fill up at the station. I've had right. this thing for like 10 minutes, and I'm already looking up on Google how to use it. <laughs> Felt so old. But it turns out that the they Is have there an a, adapter. No, they're they're there's special sizes of nozzles, so you don't put gas in it. Right. Is what it is. Yeah, I know that. I didn't know that. So then, but they had the wrong size on the diesel fill. That's what I don't understand. Yeah. So, but I, I went to that gas station. I've bitched like 10 times. Like, I've been in there, I'm like, hey, you guys still have the wrong thing out here. Oh, so they actually used the wrong It's like nozzle a gas nozzle on nozzle. the diesel pump. Oh, okay. So that's, that's what the, that's where the problem is. Yeah. So the only um, reason I know this, Chris, is because my buddy Ben, he did a, a diesel swap into an Audi a B5 platform. And what he has to use now every time he gets gas, because he uses, you know, still the same gas door from the original gas engine, he has a little adapter he brings with him to fill up with diesel every time. It's ridiculous. It's almost as bad as the nozzles in California where they, when I was out there in the 911, the Mm -hmm. way that the, they have like a little vapor lock thing. And if you're in California, you know what I'm talking about, but it's like a little rubber cup that goes it comes out over the nozzle and it's oh, you push sure. it on. I've seen that. Yep. So it collects the vapors. Okay. Because just the vapors are so dangerous. Right. This is ridiculous. So every time I would try <laughs> to get fuel in the 911 or gas, it would be like click, 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 and it would take me like 400 years just to fill up the 22 oh, sure, gallon gas tank. Because it keeps doing the auto click. And off. I'd be stuck in the middle of nowhere, Utah, with yep. one gas station. So I'm like click, 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 click. And do they just, even have you know 91 octane out there? Not, not sometimes I had octane booster that I would bring oh, okay. with me. Um, but I was not, I would, I would just drive normal anyway. I wasn't trying to win any records, <laughs> but it's, so this was anyway. So not only that, but so that was a problem with that. So that was my first experience with the diesel nozzle thing. But then I went to, uh, as, as I've, maybe I didn't remember this when I was a kid, when I had diesels back in the day, cause I didn't okay. give a shit, but now every single diesel handle looks like an Eastern European war zone. <laughs> it seriously looks like Somebody just took a dump all over the diesel handle. It's dripping all the way, not only just dripping, but all okay. the way to the ground. And it's then the concrete below is stained. And it's like, it looks, it's like a horror film every yeah. time I go to fill up. And so why and I, is this? Diesel is a thicker there, it's, fuel. It doesn't evaporate. Okay. Is, is the problem, right? So it's it's just, it's, it's an oil. Right. So it when you, if you don't, you know, you so don't. any splashing at any all. Any splash, it just stays it there. Just stays and then it, it collects evaporate. dust, right? Because sure. it's cars are pulling in and out yep but so i understand why it's dirty mm-hmm. but just i go inside and i'm like hey so you're bitching at I, every gas station I'm every and i'm and i every single one i go in i'm like hey i need some napkins or some or some wipes or something because you're, they have these, them out there at the windshield washer station sometimes no because it's winter time now so now they're <laughs> empty you go to grab a thing and there's oh, nothing there okay right so um you go inside you're like hey your diesel handle is is disgusting you know and they you, look like, at you weird they they do but it is disgusting and it's oily and gross. And, and yeah. so I've started like tagging on Instagram. I tag the fuel company like, <laughs> you know, come on, clean. All it would take is if they went out there in the morning and just wiped it down. Right. Once a day, once every two days. I can't imagine this is a huge issue, though. Because it's everyone. It's they're well, I understand all disgusting. That. It's, I should say it's not a huge issue for most people because who's filling up diesel? It's not. It's guys in trucks exactly. that don't give a shit. Exactly. And that's part of the problem is they don't give a shit and they're splashing the stuff all over the place. Yep. But all it would take is. I asked one guy, I'm like, hey, how often do you clean these things? Right. And he's like, oh, about once a week. And I'm like, huh. well, that's not enough. All you would have to do is <laughs> have one can of brake cleaner go out there morning and, and just go spray it off. I spray suppose because that'll evaporate. You don't it'll even need just, to wipe it'll it. It'll just degrease and it'll just be done. So it's just, it's not that hard, people. So now and you're this, carrying brake cleaner with you? No, I just Not bitch only about to it. assault people, nope. <laughs> throwback to episode two. I just bitch about it. Yeah. I'll just martyr myself every single time. 
get mad, that's go productive. in there and complain yeah, that's every good. single time. That's healthy. Yeah. Well, it just makes me feel a little bit better. But it's, it's just, <laughs> you know, and the ones that are clean, I know the, there are a couple gas stations that it's always clean. Okay. So do you go in and praise them for the I did. I said, hey, thanks a lot. You know, I noticed I go in there. I mean, like I went in, went to one. I wasn't even thirsty, but I went in and bought a soda. <laughs> Just and went, feel like you're doing them a little extra like, serious. Yeah, let's, let's, let's give, let's reward these guys with my 20 ounce soda. That cashier purchase. doesn't give a shit. But I was like, hey, he probably doesn't. But I was like, hey, I just want to let you know your diesel candles are really clean. I really appreciate that. And he's like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> he exactly. He care doesn't care. He's making like $0 an hour and just didn't give a shit. But it's, why can't they just clean them? I don't understand. And why can't people be more careful with putting them back? And I think you're right with the answer that it's just a bunch of, you know, no truck driving assholes that just were like slam the thing on there because they just filled up 400 gallons of fuel yeah. in their two tanks, their diesel three F-350. Exactly. All right. Well, I've got another story here, but we're going to have to save it till next week because we're pretty, we're almost out of time. And I wanted okay. to talk about the Craigslist cars of the week. Now I have, that's right. We I introduced three, this last week. And, this uh, is the Craigslist car of the week. So I picked three. We actually got a bunch of submissions this week and I wanted to, uh, Go through the three that we have because we got a bunch and I like these. So I want, I'm gonna actually going to leave it up to you. Oh, okay. I picked these three. I'm going to leave it up to you to pick which to one. To pick our car of the week. Yeah, okay. car of the week. So, so we haven't pulled up here. We're gonna, I'm going to do my best to, to describe them as all well. Right. So we've got, uh, we've got the first one here. So this is a 78 classic Volkswagen bus, but wait, WRX turbo engine swap. Yeah. That is awesome. Yes, it is. And you've seen these uh, WRX engine swaps into like Beetles and other yep. things. I don't know if I've seen one into a Volkswagen bus, though. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Seen it. I've also heard of guys swapping TDIs into them. Right. Which yep. is, which is, I think, would be cooler. I mean, yeah, so but you're sticking with a flat four here. Yeah, I suppose. It's probably easier. And these things made, what? WRX engines made 250 horse, I think. Plenty. It's plenty of power. The problem oh, with yeah. these is that they're so god-awful slow. When I was driving in the mountains, you'd see guys in their Westphalias pulled over because the things are Because they over, can't make it up they the They can't hill. make it, and they're overheating. Yeah, so this um, is basically what you want if you're actually going to drive an old... Yep. This guy says you can, safely, you can safely drive this thing across country right now and make it anywhere. So I got 50,000 miles on the swap. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so he has driven um, it all over. Yeah, he has driven it all over the place. It's got Porsche brakes, which is cool. So it's nice. Uh, it's kind of so it can it, go and it stop. Can go and stop. So that one's pretty cool. And I do love the color combo. I should I should know the here. green it's, and the it's white. The classic like seventies lime green at, with a white top. Kind yeah, of it's it's a really classy looking. I do like that. That's a good contender van. here. And I'm not a purist on this old Volkswagen stuff at all because they made a zillion of these. Right. So it's not like some. Two hundred thousand window bus that's worth eight hundred thousand. <laughs> I was just gonna say the twenty-one so, window bus. Yeah, they're actually. Worth. I couldn't remember how many twenties of windows there were. Yeah, so. there was a lot. Um, and then we've okay, got so the nineteen eighty-nine Bentley Turbo R. It's eleven thousand. I should I should say that the other one was only ten grand, which is pretty cool. So this nineteen eighty-nine Bentley Turbo R. And I think I saw one of these on Top Gear. So yeah, I was something. just gonna say I don't know anything about these. So it's a obviously it's a Bentley, but they yep. they have three hundred horsepower out of six point seven. Five liter V8. Just a massive um, this, V8. This guy says it's a very handsome black on black automobile. The Turbo R is made for speed and comfort. The R stands for road handling. So this guy is uh, he's a salesman. Yeah. Um, but I just I imagine that owning something like this would be so awesome. this isn't even that crazy. A lot of times the cars we've been featuring have been just kind of like silly and yeah. out there. This thing is not very this common. Like. Yeah. So this one, um, I've actually seen a couple of this body style driving around. I don't know if they were. Oh my God! This thing's got two hundred and seven thousand miles wow. on it. Well, I wonder. Holy shit! What maintenance is <laughs> like on a Bentley Turbo R? I don't know. So this is eighty nine. So it's kind of it can't be that bad. What kind of fuel injection is this? 
Can't really uh, see. Yeah, we're not. That might actually be. That looks like CIS. See all the fuel lines there? Yeah, that might actually be CIS, which is. Troublesome. It could be. Could be troublesome. Yeah, I, you know, I really think it is CIS because the way this intake manifold is, the way it comes in like this and goes down. Yeah. It's almost Mercedes-esque, the way Mercedes had. Is that the air conditioning compressor on top in the back? It looks yeah, like it, it. Or it's some sort of weird add-on. Oh, you yeah. can see the turbo there, too, at the position top right. Yeah. Oh, a, that's a pretty big turbo. Yeah, it is. So we've got that well, one. It's got to be to feed 6.7 liters. Do these, do these seats and steering wheel really feel Bentley-esque to you? I was just looking at that. It Not doesn't. Those look really. like Volkswagen rabbit seats. Well, and they're in too good a condition to be an 89. I wonder With if 200, they must be something seats. else or new upholstery on them because right. at 207,000 miles, those things would be. Yeah, it's kind of black toast. vinyl looking with white piping. I can't stand the steering wheel. I don't like that steering wheel. Yeah, it's thing. an odd choice. Either want the wood to, I mean, because it's got the cool like burl walnut yeah. wood dash. But yeah, the the steering wheel is classic 80s. All right. So the next car we've got is a 1997 Ford Aspire. It's a thousand bucks. Wow. Okay. Um, oh, and the Bentley was 11,000. 11,000, yeah. Okay, so I'm uh, I'm just looking <laughs> I'm sorry, at the photos here. I just, I just here. got lost in looking at the pictures. Yeah, of this thing speechless. Here. Yeah. Um. So this is uh. What can, what this guy can you tell says me about it? It's his all. I'm just gonna read it because it's a pretty good read. Um. It's the all American badass winter beater. <laughs> if you're looking for a runner, this one actually I should just read it straight rather than correcting this guy's grammar. Yeah. No, um, that'd be better. You looking for a runner? This is the one for you. She's got a three inch suspension lift with a hood exhaust and all the lights you need to go any way at night. <laughs> Hood any, exhaust. Any way at night. Even comes with an extra set of rims and winter tires. Only has 124,000 XXX miles, which means he's currently driving it. Oh, yeah. So, so he's putting miles on it right now. On it, that's right on, what? Only has 124,000 miles on it. That's right, 120, oh, that's right, 124,000 yeah, miles 124. on it. 124. This thing's been, you know, just <laughs> Five-speed manual, first fresh set of plug wires, cap, and rotor. Okay. All the maintenance done. But it does have a check engine light on due to the exhaust, but piece of black tape will fix that <laughs> it's got hot heat and doesn't leak a thing it's got 1970s tow custom mounted tow tow, tow custom mounted tow mirrors off of ford so you oh. can't miss a thing behind you yep towing yeah. mirrors yeah yeah custom fun this is really hard to read guys i'm sorry <laughs> this grammar is really poor custom fender flares are made out of stainless steel and semi-truck horns on it it's, it's not even a sentence and semi-truck horns on it i need to sell it due to space what do you mean space? This is a, <laughs> what do you mean? This is a Ford Aspire. The thing is tiny. He needs to sell it due to space. He has too many cars and motorcycles. She gets 30 to 40 miles per gallon. If America isn't your cup of tea, then piss off my ad. <laughs> Cash only. Peace comes with an American flag. I don't even. Oh, P.S. comes with, an, comes with, comes an, with an American flag. Yeah. I don't need help selling my car. If it's still posted, it's for sale. Wow. All right. So we're looking at this. You know, things. he didn't note the best part is it is uh, spray painted camouflage. It is spray painted camo. It's got mossy oak seat covers. Yep. To match um, the exterior. Yep. It's got, oh, it comes with, God, this thing is disgusting. Yeah, it's, he hasn't cleaned it much. Oh, man. It's, say that. It's, it's really, really gross. Wow. It's really disgusting. Um, yeah, that's something. So what do you, I, what do you think? I'm, I'm probably going to take go the value the out of it. You're going to go with the, with the I'm bus? I'm going with the uh, Subi swapped Volkswagen bus okay. just because. I mean, the Bentley was cool, but I think, uh, yeah, I think we're going with the bus for this week. Right on. I, I think I, uh, I think I would take the Bentley. Would you? I think so. I just, I, I, man, I yeah, really. I mean, would it do. is a cool car, but that, or I would like the Rolls Royce Silver Phantom. Is that in the it's, running it, all of a sudden? No, I'm just, I'm thinking in terms of owning a car like that. Here, let me, I'll see if I can pull one up for you in time. But 
Um, I really would love to have the Silver Phantom. I think that owning a Rolls Royce would be great. Oh yeah. And uh, this Bentley is kind of in the in the in that realm of of vintage of vintage, and, and you can get them. The Rolls Royce Silver Phantom is uh, boy, the Silver Phantom pulls up as about as many things as you could think it would. Yeah, you didn't really specify there. Oh, wow. Rolls Royce Silver Phantom. So I don't know much about this model. Um, so this is I, I saw this one the other day. I was uh, watching some James May stuff. You know, this might not oh. even be the right. Maybe it's Silver Ghost. No, nope, that's not right. Because I know they still use the name Ghost and Phantom. Well, it's Silver something. Rolls Royce Silver something is what it is the one that okay. I like. But, it's, but it, it's like 80s. Yeah, it's super like 80s. 80s. Okay. And it's still hand built. Silver Shadow. That's Silver what it is. Shadow. Yeah. So the Silver Shadow is, is kind of on par with that Bentley. And I, I think I'd rather have that. If I was going to have a Bentley or Rolls Royce, something about the. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's the pinnacle of, like, a luxury cruiser. Yeah, I think that would be cool to own. Anyway. Of course, then you need someone to drive you around in it, too. All right. And we have uh, one more segment at the end here, and it's uh, called the Grinding Chris's Gears. Okay, so I feel like I need to preface this a little bit. You okay. know, you've been doing so much for the podcast. I thought I'd lend a hand here and make <laughs> okay. you your own intro for this next segment. You know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's right. So this next segment, <laughs> as you've guessed, is what grinds Chris's gears. Okay. Um, he's a very easygoing, non-opinionated guy. So I thought we'd, uh, you know, go over a few topics that might get him going a little bit. Okay. So I did make a list because I don't know what's going to trigger you here. And it, and it really is a trigger. Okay. So are you saying I'm easily triggered or not? I, I'm easily triggered. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Let's be honest. So here's one. Um, you know, with cars being so luxurious and they have so many features and well insulated you know sometimes you can't hear the noise of the car right <laughs> so i think it's great that there's all these cars out here now that will actually pipe in you know a fake engine noise into the interior so here's a, a bmw m5 i also have some audio set up okay. for us right. and you know this sounds amazing That sounds pretty good. That sounds yeah, really that sounds good. great. I drove the, I drove one of the new M3s that that does this, pops it right into the sound system. Yeah, you know the problem is that that's a totally it's, fake it's, sound. It's not real. It, it doesn't sound like that it's at like, all. It's like it's worse than fake tits because at least you can still touch fake tits right. and they're nice. But so back in the day, Volkswagen was kind of the first one to do this. Here's the difference, though, Chris. Volkswagen, what they did is they just took the intake. No, no, track. no. This, this is that is you're wrong. You know where I'm going with this. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so they had the the, the sound tube. Right. Yes. So, but they also so the had a small tube, circular speaker. The what's the bolted name of it? behind the dash. Yes. To the firewall, and that was the first I heard of it, and it just pissed me off. Right. Like, why not just? It's a GTI. Yeah. Just, why not just make it a little bit louder? Yeah. Just make it how it's going to be and how it's going to sound. And this all kind of ties back to like, you know, every car has to sound a certain way now. So it's not like my car. Sounds like when I'm off the gas. What does it sound like? You know, when you're off the gas, you get the pops and the burbles and stuff like that, right? The overrun. The overrun. But it does that because it's CIS and it doesn't shut off the injectors when I'm off the gas. It just it just flows fuel and it just backfires. But now you have like you have software companies that are faking it, and it's just like the burble tune. The burble tune. Anyway, so it's all that kind of that kind of shit. That just ruins it. It's just, it's dishonest. <laughs> and it's, you know what? They should tell, there should be a disclaimer that when you get in the car that this experience yeah, this is, is, not is, real. is not real. You know, it's it's manufactured. It's funny. When I was looking this up, there's all these YouTube videos about how to pull the fuse then for this extra 
you know, artificial noise enhancement. Yeah, but then the car is so damn quiet, you're not having fun anymore. Yeah. Well, the reason so they do did this with this particular BMW, this is the current generation, is they went from the previous gen was the awesome V10, right? Yep. And so then they had to go to downsize it, a V8 that's turbocharged, and you yep. can't hear anything. Right. So that's why they did it. Alternatively, they could have just not put 75 inches of sound deadening on the firewall. Well, yeah, and then it'd be a lot lighter and actually better to drive and everything else. Well, the else. new M3 was actually the first M3 that was ever lighter than the previous one. Oh, really? So they did that. They did I manage think they did that. that with the Miata, this newer generation Miata as yeah, well. Whatever, let's not talk okay, about it. This, is a, this is a Miata-free zone. This is a Miata-free zone. I'm actually going to get a sign made that says Miata Free Zone. I'm going to put it right next to your you spot should, over there. But yeah. All right. What okay. else you got for me? Anything else? All right. What else is uh, grinding your gears here? Um, you know, I think with so many engine swaps we're seeing, what, the, the LS, we should basically just LS swap your 911. I think it would make it better. <laughs> it's more reliable. It'll make more power. Oh, it's it easily the cost of dollar ratio is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, The problem with the LS swap stuff is it becomes so easy. I mean, right? you can get, I, I don't know, maybe we should have talked about this on one of the episodes, but I went through and I made a list of all the cars you could LS swap that had kits for oh, LS yeah. swapping. It's insane. It's probably shorter to name those that don't have a kit to LS swap. But the difference for doing it in a 911, though, is the 911 is very, very unique. Right. So if you've got like a, an old Fox body Mustang, for example, and you want to put an LS swap in it, you're swapping V8 for V8. You know, you're swapping you know, front drive with guys front, or, would, would argue against you there. Yeah, but it's it's still in the same vein. OK, so you've still got a water cooled v8 mm-hmm. i mean you're going to a push rod which is a little bit different right so you're you know the the, the ls well, it a, depends on which version of yeah, yeah there's all swapping. different factors there but at least it's the similar blueprint right yeah so oh, it's a similar yeah. blueprint with the 911 that's such like a special the way the fan sounds the way that the you know that's the engine the sounds it's part of the appeal it's air cooled you know, you, you throw that away and put something else in, you're just an asshole. You know, speaking of 911s, though, especially these, you know, the air-cooled models, they, they really are overrated. You know, we're looking at the values of them here. They're way overvalued. And really, I mean, like we we touched on earlier, they really are just a beetle that's been, you know, elongated a little bit, a so, little better suspension. That's it. I hate – it's not so much that the beetle part bothers me. We already touched that a little <laughs> bit on the, earlier in the podcast. But um, the beetle thing bothers me because I think it just – People are just trying to diminish you. They're saying, oh, it's right. just a beetle. But what makes me even more angry is something that you probably didn't think was going to trigger me is how loud or how expensive the values have gotten. Because yeah. it makes it hard for someone like me who's sitting here doing a podcast for nothing. And I have I'm a photojournalist. I make no money. Right. And, and you're, you're a true enthusiast. Like yeah, this but, is your but I can't car. but I can't afford to do anything with it. You know, I was looking at carburetors are six thousand dollars. Wow. Just doing anything is just ridiculously expensive. Slide throttle setup, ten thousand dollars. MFI, wow. I could not swap to MFI for less than ten to fifteen thousand dollars. Really? It's just all this shit is so expensive. A hood shock is forty bucks. It's a spark plug wrench for my toolkit that I don't have. Is <laughs> a spark plug wrench is eight hundred dollars. So, the toolkit's three thousand fucking dollars. And these for a parts toolkit. weren't always that expensive. It's because the market of nine elevens have rise. Also, this sub market of parts has rise. I think so. I don't know. I haven't been. I've only been in for like five years, so I don't know. All I know is that all the parts for my car are extremely cross prohibitive for someone like me. Right. So that frustrates me to all end. And I see the ads go up for sale on Pelican and early 911s registry and stuff and i just want to be just like fuck you man what are you doing why are you asking so much for this shit yeah you know you already just insulting there's a little bit of envy in it too where i'm like i know this guy already has like seventy six thousand of these cars oh and and then he yeah and he's and he's trying to sell like a pair of you know rare fooks that are date stamped his month and year of his car and they're like a million dollars fuck off 
All right, we're going to do rapid fire here down the list then because these aren't that interesting. Zipper merging, overrated, right? People don't need to zipper merge when they... Zipper merge is very important. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave it at there. Uh, Fake splits, you know, fake wheels, you know, reproduction wheels. I can't even stand. You know, it's it's just a style thing. Why do they even need to be I'm okay with people making them. I just hate the people that buy them. They should allow (laughs) people to make them and then have their business get destroyed. You know, I just don't... would, Would you... Wear fake Chuck Taylors? I mean, no, no, I don't buy the. I'm, I'm you go to Target and look at the Chuck Taylors that are like they kind of look like a Chuck Taylor, but they're not quite a Chuck Taylor, right? And but no, I'm not going to buy those. Some, you know, what's crazy is they sometimes make the shoes that are Chucks that are like designer ones mm-hmm. that are more expensive than an original Chuck Taylor, right? And it's just yeah, and then they're, they're they, they the also side. have like the, the I saw the uh, I, I wish I could remember the name of the company because I'd love to call them out for being douchebags. It's like Felgen Works or. Something like, but there's like a type A, uh, ATS type A, and they have a snowflake, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, a teardrop wheel, and they made them into a three-piece. Yeah, okay. But it looks stupid. <laughs> it looks so dumb that you've got this old school wheel that was cast, and all of a sudden now it's got bolts like a BBS RS all the way around right, it. Right, yeah. No. Okay, next one up here, Um, you know, one of the greatest car shows of our generation, Sowo, I believe is canceled now, isn't that correct? I don't know much about this. Sowo was canceled years ago, man. Okay, yeah, was, it, was it H2O? It, H2O, yeah, okay, H2O was, was canceled this last year. And, and so be it. I mean, ever, it got ruined by a bunch of freaking kids. Yeah. You know, well, no, it's just I don't want to say kids because I, you know, I'm a kid at heart, right? I still feel well, like I'm eight that, or nine years old. Not only that, we were that age in the scene, right? But we I were don't, young car guys. But I don't remember it being so bad right like the just the complete disregard oh for sure voting and yeah you want to try and outdo the other guy and you know you want to try and get attention and be that guy that you know makes however many likes or goes viral or whatever the case may be right but it it honestly you'll never see h2o or i don't think you'll ever see anything like it again you know the way that did you ever go i never did no that was incredible man i mean it was absolutely incredible and it's 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 over I remember watching all the videos back in the yep. day. When and, it's, in this and now it's just full of a bunch of BRZs and Subarus and, yeah. you know. It's the of, stance scene kind of took over. I don't mind the stance scene so much, but it's the, um, it's just the, it's just the, I don't know who did it, but it's just ruined. So am I doing a good job grinding your gears here? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're going to downshift then to our last one for center lock wheels. I love center lock wheels. I just don't want them on a Targa. <laughs> you know? So for, for those of us who don't know this transition, Chris was recently on Facebook saying there's so many models of 911 that we yeah. recently talked about. And you can laugh how you can get Targa, which is not a high-end Targa GTS or whatever model. it is. It's, yeah. Why does that, that car need center lock wheels? wheels? It just doesn't seem right. And it just plays off to the fact that Porsches, I feel like they're starting to lose their way a little bit. Yeah. I really do. I feel like they... That they took something that was so unique and so special and such this this niche thing, mm-hmm. and Volkswagen or whoever it is that's forcing them to do it, I don't know. But all of a sudden they've got twenty three models. Targa's have center locks. You know, there's special models too. Like you've got the GT two RS, which just set the record on the Nurburgring. Really cool, right. really cool stuff. But then you've got all this other stuff that's kind of like melting ice cubes down in expensive scotch. <laughs> you know, it's just why do we need so many? You know, yeah. I, I would like it to be like. I'm gonna say there has to be a market for it. Otherwise oh, there they is. Do it. Oh, there is, and but those people are dumb. So again, you're blaming the consumer. <laughs> I'm <here>. blaming <laughs> the consumer. If someone's willing to buy it, that's part of the yeah. problem. Now, the, what it used to be, I think, is I imagine these these German guy, right? He, he he's he's like, this is the Porsche that you are going to buy, and then right. he made it's it. Designed and then, by engineers, right? And it's, and it's very 
um, singular in the vision right. of what the car should have been. Yep. Whereas and now it's totally dictated by a consumer and every whim that you can want, you can right. have built into this. Right. Yeah. I, I just, I wish back in the day it was Porsche designing a car and you bought it. Now it's like, like you said, it's consumer driven, which mm-hmm. maybe we wouldn't have to do that so much if there was maybe like 11, 911s available for sale. Yeah. No, I agree. There's way too many. So I put center lock wheels down, I think more for myself. Okay. Because I don't understand even the point. So center lock wheels. Well, on a track, it makes sense. Only if you're like a factory sponsored team where you're doing pit stops and changing tires and it's down to these microseconds, right? right. Yeah. And in that case, you're going to have air jacks on your car anyways. Because yep. even if you are you know, in a team and it's an endurance race, you have to change wheels and it's down to seconds, you're still going to waste more time jacking the car up than you are changing the lug nuts. Well, the, I've watched guys at the PCA events okay. jack their car up and they, they'll swap wheels when they're done for the day. Right. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, you, you go for So they have to have like a your... they have like this 10-foot long breaker bar and this huge socket. Exactly. Just, What's the point? It's Isn't am I wrong that it's no, only for it's, the speed of changing it or that's what it came from at least? I Now it's the cool factor. It is cool. It's the cool factor of it, which is like can't a, be any lighter. I mean maybe a little bit lighter than maybe a Maybe on traditional... a GT3 it's cool. Like I can see it it's kind of cool it's on a cool, GT3. It's cool. I'll go further and say it's still pointless. It is pointless. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I don't get it. I'm sure, I'd, you know, somebody will correct me and tell me I'm an idiot. But yeah, I don't. Well, I don't get it. Well, I think that'll probably do it then. That That's I've it grind, for today. I, I've, I've ground your gears. You did sufficiently. Yeah, sufficiently. So, we'll see if right. you can. I don't know if it's going to be possible to come up with that many things every week. I'll try. But we'll, uh, we'll. We'll see. We'll I'll go keep, from there. You know, ironically, this was really easy because all I have to do is look at your Facebook feed. <laughs> <laughs> what is Chris complaining about this week? Yeah, there we go. I'll try and make so, it harder for you. I won't post so much on it that I'm complaining about. Well, yeah, I guess so. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. It's really yeah. great to have you here. I'm glad to have you back, Jake. Absolutely. Uh, Overcrest, uh, at least for more interesting than Conversation Street. Yeah, there you go. Let's hope that's true. <laughs> um, check us out on uh, on uh, social media. Give us five stars wherever you can. Stitcher, iTunes. Give us a little blurb about what you like, and that would really help us out. Help us out with the ratings. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.